Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. We have such a fun episode for you today. It is with an old friend of ours from the Greenville comedy scene, Shama Marima. That's right. Making a lot of noise on the internet. And I met Shama way back in the day. I can't believe the time that I met Shama is now way back in the day, but that's how life works. <laughs> I met him uh, in the Greenville comedy scene in Greenville, South Carolina. And this may have been even before meeting fiance of the show, Justina. Oh, fiance of the show. I met Shama before... Beyonce of the show was girlfriend. Mm? I don't know what that accent is. Maybe I'm doing that because I saw Dave Foley of Kids in the Hall on the subway the other day. And even though he wasn't the one to do the bit on Kids in the Hall, I wanted to like pull out my phone and record me doing I Crush Your Head. But it wasn't him who did that bit. Uh, and he really didn't look like he would have been up for doing a bit. He seemed like a nice guy. Stood up when a woman who's older got on the train. He stood up and let her have a seat. So nice guy move. But he didn't seem like he wanted to be bothered because you know, like a minute into the train ride, he put on his sunglasses. So I was like, ah, he doesn't want to get noticed right now. <laughs> I won't bother him. But you know... <laughs> This is just the weird thing about living in New York is you see somebody on the subway sitting across from you who you grew up watching <laughs> and you're just sitting there like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep eating this tuna salad sandwich that I bought across from a childhood hero. Nevertheless, cool to see him. But let's get on to today's episode. As I said, it is with Shama Marimo, who's a content creator. He does a lot of comedy online, including poking fun or satirizing Christian culture. And he does it in part with uh, another old friend of ours named Petey, who they have this really great Instagram account called Deuteronomemes, which what a great name. Every time I see it, I'm like, hilarious name. And they are just like uh, poking a little fun at some Christianese, some Christian norms that we all think are a bit silly, even if we are believers. So it's Fun stuff. We talk about that, Deuteronomemes, and also how he creates his other work. Let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Shama Marima. I'm in this weird season where I'm splitting my time between, like, doing a, a fun thing here and there and then, like, editing, uh -huh. like, corporate video or, like, editing for churches. So uh -huh. right now, I, it's lopsided. I The seesaw is corporate videos to pay the vi the bills <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so i'm hoping to tip the scale at some point in time this year and just don't we all want to make money doing fun stuff right <laughs> right right exactly yeah no i know what you mean i'm trying to tip that scale too because i'm doing a lot of fun stuff and getting a little scratch for it but uh, you know you gotta you gotta do yeah. a little more these days to pay the bill i know it's a lot man it's a it's it's too much it's it too is. much <laughs> well until ai takes over and then Right. And then, yeah, no one will have a job and no one will be paying taxes and uh, it'll be great. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I listened to the, the your most recent podcast with the uh, your most recent episode with the about the writer's strike. And man, I've been talking to people here and there about it around town. I, I saw I was working with Chris Freeland yesterday and, and I'm yeah. like, do we understand the ramifications of what is going on this year alone? Like, right. It's about to change everything for the worse yeah because no i don't one's think people like are like comprehending no i yeah. don't think they are because these companies are trying to utilize ai in some yeah. way and it's just i mean you've got to be the best human ever to use ai ethically and on that right. scale that they want to use it on and 
I knew this was going to be a problem. I remember 20 years ago, I think maybe a little over 20 years ago, some German publication got in trouble, like a German magazine, because they faked an interview with Brad Pitt. They said they had this like cover story article interview with, with Brad Pitt. And they made it all up. They like just put words in his mouth. He, he, he never met with them. And because it wasn't like People Magazine or, or something big, they got away with it for a little bit. Yeah. But eventually, Brad Pitt and his people caught wind of it and, you know, they sued him. And of course, the publication lost. And I was like, once they start, once it got close to being like, oh, they can conceivably fake voices. I feel like 10 years ago, I was saying this. Like, if they ever can fully fake faces and yeah. voices, then what's good, who, good? Who's to say somebody else won't do that same thing? And how will people react to it? Because we won't know, you know, I, like. I just read yesterday that Levi, the jean clothing company, is starting to use AI models. And, and then as of recent, I watched another thing. And they say that in the past, you know, people would be like, oh, I force fed a bot, you know, to yeah. watch, you know, thousands of hours of like, you know, Steve Harvey. Right. Created a fake Steve Harvey comedy special. Mm-hmm. Well, now they only need three seconds of somebody's right. voice to continue it. Right. And and a buddy of mine. And, and so then I'll, I'll read about it. And then I'm like, oh, well, this hasn't been in the wild yet. Then a friend of mine was saying, yeah, he was at his church and some random guy at his church in Easley was using a used an AI voice for the sermon bumper. And it was like an old guy. And I was I asked him, I was like, let me guess. Was it weathered and like gravelly? And he uh-huh. went, Yeah. And I went, and you could did you know that it was AI? And he goes, No, I went and asked him. I was like, dude, where'd you who who did you hire? And he goes, Oh, that's an AI. And immediately I'm like, all right, that's another, they just beheaded the voiceover industry mm-hmm. overnight. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. And especially when it gets to like just manipulation with the conspiracy theories that are out there. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I saw and people could say like, yeah, but this guy's insane and dumb. But this but there are people out there who will say, oh, Bi- Joe Biden is dead and James Woods is playing him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not really Joe Biden. And it's like. I know that people thought Paul McCartney was dead in the 60s. So like this isn't new behavior for a certain part of the population. But what's going to stop them? You know what I mean? Like what's going to make them realize that they are being dumb or or whatever? And now, you know, whenever you're using AI to sort of persuade people, that just feels like manipulation. Yeah. It's maybe not much better than hiring an actor to pretend to be a doctor for this commercial, but or it's not much worse, but it's like still bad and it's still trending in the wrong direction. And they're just like, there are no ethics. No. And it's all moving. I've never, I haven't messed with any AI, any like a chat GPT or mid journey and all those. Mm-hmm. And just the stuff that I've read about or people have told me, I'm like, it hasn't even been a year. What do you, yeah. what are we, what are you talking about? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Usually this stuff like this, you know, you'd hear about it and, oh, it's coming out. And then even when people use the term beta and I'm like, what does that mean for a week? <laughs> I know now it's like, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's a mess, man. And like, I've used chat GPT. If I like, you know, like if you're writing something like, God, just, this feels clunky. Let me ask chat GPT to make it less clunky, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that is one thing, but it's another thing to be like, well, we'll just get chat GPT to write a script. Right. Right. The whole thing. Yeah. Then it's like, oh man, they're just trying to make having to pay people obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. And even the people that I, that I know who are using chat GPT for, you know, 99%, you know, 90% idea generation is like, Hey, the people who hired you, the moment mm-hmm. they find out, I mean, what do, do you think you're still going to hire you? you know? Yeah. Well, they're the whole like AI prompt engineers now. Right. So all these companies are hiring them. I'm like, wait a second. So people who were good at asking robots questions. Yeah. You know? 
And I don't know, man. Something so the government really has to step in and just like say, like you can't cross cross this threshold because we got to keep people working. Let me ask, um, but, you it, know. in terms of some people, you I'm sure you have people who are currently writers or potentially like in the in the writers guild. Does this seem like does this strike actually seem like it's going to yield some fruit? You know, I get the impression that they think it will because it did in 2007, 2008. Yeah. But I don't know because will they get everything they want? Like, the, I don't know. I don't know that they will. I think the really big ticket thing is the like AI thing. I, I think that just needs to be the thing they get because we can't. It's either be completely out of work or get a little bit less money than you anticipated. Yeah. Maybe a little less money and still making money is better until you have to strike again. But it's a mess. Man, I hate to hear that. Yeah. I hate to hear that. Yeah, I mean, like all the ones I know, they're they're just like, you know, it's hard out here. But, you know, these companies can't say they don't have the money. No. Yeah, and that's like every year, record profit. You know, like, you know these. this is all public record. Right, like, right. Like you're like you can't really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They really can't say that they, when they're talking about record profit, and they're paying the CEOs of these companies tens of millions of dollars. Man, it's a mess. It's, it's wild. Mess. It's super wild. Well, I'm glad we got to chat about that. Me too, man. Well, it's a sad. I feel like every time I talk to somebody about it, I'm like, I just I leave more sad than anything else. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm. Uh, hopefully I'm not being naive, but I, I, I feel hopeful. I feel somewhat hopeful about it. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah. I feel like there, there are so many, I know of so many people who are like, you know, I know you and, and, and Alrinthia who are like closer to those spaces. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of hearing, you know, reports of people who have worked in writer's rooms or whatnot and how it's been going. I'm like, man, that's, what were we all, what were we all going for? Didn't we, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we wanted what they had this whole time. Yeah. And they're like, not good. No, it's not. Go back. I, yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're, I think some companies will say, well, we have to hire people. And because that's what people are ultimately going to want. I mean, even someone even got chat GPT. They asked chat GPT, what job would you be, be better at writing scripts for movies and TV shows or being a studio head? And ChatGPT's literal answer was, I would be better at being a studio head because being a studio head requires just basically taking in data and making decisions based on these different variables, whereas you essentially need a human touch to write a script. <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally chat gpt so said. they're coming for us and they know exactly man that's that is a wild mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what a wild answer yeah <laughs> it's like you know the writers strike and it shuts down the industry but if the ceos said well i'm not coming into work everyone else would just keep things going right you know, like it, it's happened before when the person in charge was like you know, out with an illness for a while and like the company didn't shut down. <laughs> you know, I mean, the like company might've like snuck Sharknado three under, <laughs> under the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, man. You're still living in Greenville, right? I am. Yeah, man. And you're doing your thing. I'm trying. I, I, I am. It's been, I say that I'm trying, but it's been really good just to, yeah. I think when, when I first you taught my first improv class. Did I? No, no, no. You taught a, uh, it was like an exploratory one night improv. I don't think it was like an intensive, but it was essentially like, hey. Was it like, a workshop? It was like just a, oh, yeah, a workshop. Yeah. That word. <laughs> and I remember falling in love with it. And I thought, I think I'm just going to have to, I think I'm just going to continue with alchemy. And so, <laughs> yeah, man, it's been really good to go from there and making stuff and then. Mm -hmm being in some stuff here and there and then still making stuff and, and yeah making a living now yeah, that's awesome man Producing we've done a lot of comedy projects. together because there's yeah. that we did a, a stand-up show at was it your church 
We did. We did yeah, it was at my church. Oh, man, you killed that night, man. That Thanks. was such a fun night. <laughs> that was a fun uh, night. Yeah, man, good yeah. crowd. Yeah, it was great. Well, there was like a really fun show to do because like you and you all were there. Like you yeah. all I'd, I'd known well from the stand up scene. So it was just like, oh, it'll be fun to be on the show with them. So I knew that part was going to be fun. And it was. But then the crowd was like, you know, after the show and people are like, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. Let's like like you got you guys were so funny. It was like, OK, nice. You know, like we've oh, heard yeah. that before after shows. And it's <laughs> like, and I'm going to be praying for you that God opens up doors. And it's like, you know what? That's an added bonus. That's an added Thank bonus. you. <laughs> yeah, Thank you're you told that you had a great show yeah. and that they're going to Not just laughing, God but sometimes like, hey, man, I'm going to support you with prayer, not just my Perfect. laughs. <laughs> man, you did, you, there was a, I can't speak for the improv scene since you've left, but there were a few shows that I would go to when I was a student in alchemy and mm -hmm. sit in the back of the room and be you and Justina and... And, and, and so many other people there and Harrison and I'd watch and I'd just, I would be so mesmerized. Like I knew you guys as people, you know, I knew you guys, right, yeah. I'd seen you guys in class and Meg and I'd be watching and think, oh my God, what are they? They are like superheroes up there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just, just crushing. And then one thing PD and I talk about all the time, PD's a friend and co-writer and collaborator of mine mm -hmm. when also you started out and that's also on that church yeah that I mentioned. man he's he's so funny and um y'all did a script reading of sign 11 mm -hmm. <laughs> the the 9 11 seinfeld spec script <laughs> yeah and uh, you played you seinfeld. played seinfeld <laughs> and i don't think i've ever laughed that coffee underground theater i don't think i've ever laughed that hard or ever been glued to my seat like edge of my seat watching people perform it was man the energy in the room that night was so funny <laughs> it was that was a wild wild sketch yeah that was super funny it was a really fun night those are great times man those were good old days yeah yeah i know i know what is it you don't know they're good old days so they're gone right i uh, know yeah i mean that's the thing <laughs> the older you get when you get a few years out of college and you're like man college those were the good old days Right. And then like a few more years pass and you like the last time you said those are the good old days, like the last time you like when you were reminiscing about college and uh -huh. now reminiscing about that time period when you're reminiscing about college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I could have oh, appreciated it then at the time. Oh, man. <laughs> that yeah, that's true. Time too. I think it's, man, it's so, uh, that's one of those things that's like really hard to do, especially in, mm -hmm. in like the creative space is because there's always another step to go to another person to meet another meeting to attend another thing to put out mm -hmm. something to finish writing and so i mean i've you know put out a, a video and it's you know it'll be just be do really well online and people text me congratulate me and i'm like i can't listen i can't it's not over. For, that was just a checkpoint. All right? right. And I can't celebrate every checkpoint. That's not how right. this whole goes. I right. got to keep going to this imaginary <laughs> finish line that I, we've all created for ourselves. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes people get to that finish line and they're like, I don't know what's going on in my <laughs> <Yeah>. life. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's oh, it's 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 wild. I always tell my wife that I'm like, I wish I was I wish I could be happy in a cubicle. I feel like that'd be. <laughs> I know, so right? Good for... There's a security <laughs> to those jobs, but it's right. just like also, you can't. It's hard to be content when you have this fire inside of you, right? Something right. Something else. Whereas you know, you you could just check in somewhere, <laughs> you clock in, you do your little BLT lunch break <laughs> across the street. You go back, you get up. You know what I mean? You go to Myrtle Beach for a weekend every summer <laughs> with your family, <laughs> and that's it. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, I guess any job can have that, right? Where, like, you know, because like, it's definitely not like a glamour thing. It's just, I have a fire for this other yeah. thing, and doing this makes it impossible for me to do it. Right. And it's driving me insane to yeah. not do it. So I got to pursue it. But then that can be like a tough road that doesn't have security. So it's like, man, <laughs> what do I do? I, I will say, I mean, Greenville and South Carolina, like being here, it's my one on 13 years now. It the, probably the coolest thing was to find 
other people who also had that fire in them. Yeah. I think that's what has just made this like just the community here so special. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, you not only were there funny people and like creative people, but so many people were willing to collaborate and take time off and to educate and to go and to pull people aside, right. you know, and kind of right. and kind of mentor and nurture and so. I mean, I really, really credit and give so much credit to like having a good community because you could yeah. be, a, if you're, it's a lonely place, even mm. with the community, but with a good community, you're kind of reminded that, you know, yeah. we, we got in this for this, like right. making each other laugh over pizza. Right. <laughs> and I was like, it doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. I mean, Elsewhere, that's, we're, we're not in control I, of that. The first couple of years I was doing stand up with like Charlie Gray and Michael Robinette, like we would go to Charlotte or we'd go to Asheville and do shows and do sets. We're just doing like open mics, but it was like some of the greatest fun. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just like hanging, you know, like we're not we're we're just we're in pursuit. We're not where we want to be with it, but we we're having such a great time together, you know, good, good times. And you've been creating a lot of stuff. I mean, talk about mesmerizing. You've been mesmerizing people with your online content. Yeah. So, like I was mentioning, we were doing stand-up and improv stuff together, and we were like, that was building. But then you started doing a lot of videos online, and you were doing it well before the pandemic. But, of course, the explosion of TikTok. Helped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. The explosion of TikTok and utter boredom. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was like six-ish years ago when you started really doing a lot of extra, like it, video it, sketches, right? It was, yeah. I, I I got a job working at a production company, and it was just like this, like a film school for me, where I was really hungry, and I thought, you know, I wanted, I want to do this for the rest of my life, so I need to be really good at this. Yeah. And after a while, my boss trusted me. After I learned, I was like, hey, can I borrow some equipment? Now that I know how to use it. Yeah, yeah. And I started making stuff and it was a little clunky at first, you know, because just because it was, I was new to this whole thing. I, I used to make videos, you know, just vlogs in my living room by myself. And then mm-hmm. now, it's, you know, it's like a, we're building a set and there are a lot of lights. And also there's like a crew. And I'm like, all right, I think that's helped me make this idea that's on these four pieces of paper come to life. Mm-hmm. And, and we were able to. And, it was really, really fun. We just kind yeah. of found this like really cool groove and, and the internet really enjoyed it. We had some things yeah, do really well. And that was, that it was, was all well produced. Like that was the thing is that it was like clearly a good crew putting it together. Cause that's yeah. the, that's the main thing, you know, like someone can have a good idea, but if it's edited in a clunky way or in a weird way, it doesn't land, but your stuff was landing because it was edited correctly and put together correctly and shot correctly. And those, I mean, I, we really, I mean, I just kind of, just like, once again, like the community, people were so willing to, to spend a Saturday with, with, with me working, you know, working out a, a, like a really silly idea. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt this, like a responsibility to go like, Hey, I want, I want, I want to work really hard at this. And so I would stay up late editing and I'd send it to 10, 15 people who I trusted. And, and then they'd send me notes and I would like lament the notes but i knew i was like i want it i want this to be the best and so i'm going to work on everybody's notes and so just kind of that that uh i just had this just drive this fire to go hey i want to i want to do great i want to put out great content and people recognize that and i just opened up the doors for criticism and advice and notes and those doors the, the the i got flooded <laughs> and i just kept on working and watching the stuff do well online was like really encouraging you okay not only was it's not just I was onto something, but mm-hmm. I was onto something, and somebody else could notice. And yeah, all the every, every all the advice that came in really helped kind of round out what could have just been like a really flat, you know, like like a like a C idea turns mm-hmm. into you know like a, like an A minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Crafting does do that. Yeah. How like what sort of things were you picking up on? When when you're going through those sessions with people, I mean, just there are so many rules to <laughs> to filmmaking, and I remember even improv doing the do, my first workshop with you is learning the rules of being funny, you know, and like all these <laughs> yeah. 
And then because you think, oh, this scenario, hey, I, I had a really funny conversation. I ran into Jason at a coffee shop and he said this and I said that. Wouldn't that be funny if that was a video? <laughs> and the answer is, I mean, potentially. Potentially, but, right. But it's like, but what you, happens? <laughs> it's got to, like, it, you, you, you have to, now you have to follow the rules. Uh -huh. And so I, I, people just really, I was just really dedicated to learning, okay, mm -hmm. can I do this? I remember asking people that. Can I do this? How about this? Can it start this way? And, and mm -hmm. then people go, oh, you know, well, you can, but maybe not or yeah like maybe so this is a little more clear yeah yeah so and so did this and also i mean there's there's such a i mean like a ocean of ideas and examples and concepts of music and sketches and movies and videos and directors and all this and cinematography that just asking people questions based on their what they what they enjoy watching and what they love and then kind of formulate formulating okay so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. Or I just heard a friend say they heard a doc, they listened to a documentary where a director of photography has been trying this and then taking, trying to borrow a piece of that and mm -hmm. creating something like that turned out to be really good when I realized, okay, I am, I, I don't know the rules and I need to stick around people who are aware of the rules and can help like craft with their understanding of like Metallica or wrestling or soap operas or somebody worked on a food network show and i go okay can we do something in that you know what is the key you know visual ingredient ingredient that goes into that and then you know kind of building from there and that's that was really really fun it still is just crafting yeah stuff like that. oh yeah i mean that becomes like the the chess of it becomes the fun thing about creating stuff because it's like like to me i feel like it's the hook like oh how do i get this to work Right. How do I like I, it's not even about the idea anymore. And I'm not even necessarily laughing anymore or thinking it's funny. It's just like, okay, what's what's the next thing that'll make this work? <laughs> and then once you get through that, that's when I can start like laughing about the idea again or or seeing it in a funny way again. But like that process in the middle, it's really intoxicating. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I mean, it's so much fun. Like I was just yeah. I was just watching a documentary about the Dana Carvey show called Too Funny to Fail. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On, uh, it, and it was it's like so, Hulu or something. I it's on that. Hulu. It's so, I, so I was watching it the other night with my wife and I'm like enjoying it. I'm cracking up. And then I pause it at one point, like 10 minutes in. And I look at my wife and I go, I've seen this before. I forgot that I saw it, but I'm still enjoying it. Like I've never <laughs> seen it. Right, right. <laughs> And this, you know, just that whole process of like writers' rooms and jokes and how bits kind of came together. I'm like, oh, I love, I love watching how you know all all this stuff, like how the kitchen comes together, you know, to create all this. And <laughs> that's just a blast. I just, I really, really, you know, I love, I love that. I love the whole process. And I and I quickly yeah. learned that if you don't, if you don't love the process, you'll never, you'll never make it to the other side because mm -hmm. you know, like. So much of it is the process. Oh, man. The seed <laughs> of the idea. Oh, I have a really funny idea. Okay. All right. Now, you're going to work on that idea for like, could be a month, could be six months, mm -hmm. or a year. So if mm -hmm. you hate the process, that idea is going to live on a hard drive, similar right. to so many ideas that I know of, uh, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. from people from people I know and people, people I've heard from, you know, and you're like, mm -hmm. man, what happened? <laughs> What makes you love comedy so much or like what got you into comedy to be this driven about it? Man, I remember my, my, my parents had a really good sense of humor Oh yeah, and, uh, they would, my dad was just like, just a generous laugher. So he would <laughs> buy, I remember the first, I'd say my first introduction to comedy was this televangelist named Jesse Duplantis. Okay. So <laughs> he would do these, like, he would just do like a little, he'd tell a funny story in his, in his sermon. Mm -hmm. And he, this is pre YouTube. So we're watching this on a VHS, but he had this VHS tape, like a series called a merry heart doeth good, like a medicine, which is based mm -hmm. on a Bible verse. And I think we had like volume nine or something. Mm -hmm. And the VHS, they would just compile, you know, nine or 10 of his funny stories from his most recent sermons mm -hmm. into this VHS. So it was just like, like a comedy compilation. And I remember my dad, watching and rewatching the same tape we'd watch together with him at 
just he'd just be crying, laughing, you know, stomping, pausing the, the TV. And we'd always ask him, he laughed till he cried. And I was like, why are you why are you crying? He's like, that's just how I that's, when I laugh, I just cry sometimes. And now I I cry when I laugh too. And so <laughs> watching my dad just enjoy stuff like that, and my mm-hmm. mom too, you know, I just thought, man, but it, there must be something really, really powerful that that one guy with like a story about a cat that's 10 minutes long like what is how does that come how does that come about and then that yeah that just kind of launched me on like i just tried to tell stories at the house or i remember (laughs) when i got back home from you know just from hanging out or whatever with my friends when i grew up in tanzania east africa my parents would always ask me what would happen today and they kind of like something funny happened to you so you need to talk about it and so Mm -hmm. i would kind of go on Oh, so I met up with my friend Joseph and all, you know, and it it was always like, you know, this embellished long story. And, <laughs> and so my parents, you know, they just really facilitated this, like, you're funny, let's do that. Yeah. Putting on little, like, sketches and making us silly songs with my, for my siblings, my older brother, younger sister, and making them laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. It was, Your younger sister would come out to a bunch of shows, too. She was a huge, she was a huge supporter of the Greenville comedy scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't even know why. I was like, hey, come out and see the show. And all of a sudden she was like, yeah, go to all of them now. Yeah, like, she really, she was there more than you were. Yeah. And you were yeah. there all the time. <laughs> she was but, great. Yeah. Man, I just had a blast, man. I, I just really, I, I just really loved, and I still do, man. I mm-hmm. still do. Mm-hmm. Watching, I saw a guy today. I was at Duke Sandwich Shop right down the road. This little <laughs> local sandwich shop. Yeah. This is, the, to, to describe this place, I was thinking when I left, I was like, I was the youngest person in there. And that's how you know the food is good. <laughs> Everybody, the patrons, people worried behind the bar, way older. You know, that <laughs> this one guy goes up to the cashier and she goes, What would you like, sir? And he goes, I'd have, I'd like one of them and two of those. <laughs> and I'm just in the back, I'm like, Man, what? It's like, and of course, she messaged, like, One of what? And I was like, You missed it. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, and so you know, as opposed to just making cashiers laugh, I have this. You know, I'm like, I need to, I need to do this on a grand scale. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you come up behind, like, yeah, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> you pretty quickly jumped into the comedy scene in Greenville after moving there. It sounds like, yeah, I did, oh, man. And I, I credit podcasts. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, PD and I got into some comedy podcasts and mm-hmm. uh i think pete holmes was one of them that we listened to oh all the yeah time. yeah and i remember listening to an episode and he just he just said if you want to start comedy if you if you want to start in comedy like go to an open mic find an open mic near you and just mm-hmm. go and try it and mm-hmm. i remember thinking yes of, of course let me let me just do that and so i googled it and it was a monday and i, <laughs> I saw an open mic at, at coffee underground downtown yep. here and i and i just went <laughs> yeah I, I think I was too late. I had got off work late and I wasn't able to perform. I remember just watching it thinking, wow, this is really cool. I can't wait till next Monday to come back here. Yeah. And the end that started the the, the comedy, the horrible local comedy <laughs> habit. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It got to be such a thing where I was, I was just talking to people the other day about how before the pen, like before moving to New York, I think five or six days out of the week, I was doing something involving comedy, whether it was a show yeah, or coaching a team or something like that, teaching a class, whatever. I was doing something with comedy. Then like after the pandemic, it was like, ooh, one night a week? Man. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now I'm getting back into having the like three, four night a week thing and I'm I'm loving it. I just went, I just went to the open mic here a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and I had so much fun and you can always this is not a, a, a diss to anyone mm-hmm. but I remember every time I'd come through on like any show you'd always have a little notebook with you <laughs> yeah yeah and a pen and you'd always be writing and I remember thinking whatever and you know obviously some people are like chatting they're trying to crack each other up and whatever but there were like a few of us and I was always inspired by you and I'm like Jason is at it right oh, now. Wow. Yeah, he is I... he is uh, putting the work in right now. Other people are like, you know, just taking smoke breaks. They're eating pie. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. You come here. We sit. You you write. You work on your set. You really craft that. And that oh, was that's wild you know, that was to really hear because like I always looked at like how much Herbie Gill and Joe Zimmerman when Joe Z would come down from Asheville 
when he was still living there and how much they were writing in books. And I was like, oh, they're doing the work. So it's like wild. And I never thought I was writing as much as they were in my book. So it's yeah. wild to hear someone be like, yeah, I would see you write. You were writing all the time. I was like, well, was that? I mean, and that's the thing. So that's one of those things, too, where you're like, hey, you're if you're funny <laughs> and you and, you know, you you crack everybody up at the office and you're having a good time. It's like, all right. Now, the work there is to craft, <laughs> is to sit down to write. It's like it's not the rules are you write. Right. It's not just you just go up because I got a silly. No, you have to <laughs> sit down. And so watching you and, and several other comedians that like around like really, really put work in. I was like, okay, yeah, this can be more than just a place we come and goof off a yeah. couple times a week. Like, we can actually, like, we can we can build stuff here. And so, yeah, really and I mean, that was a really great thing about the No Expectations open mic is that we, there are so many great people involved in it. People coming from all over. Coming, a lot of we regularly had people coming from Asheville. There was just like a really good crew that was yeah. coming in, and the crowd was pretty consistent about showing up and and got it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they. It wasn't like different people each week trying to figure it out. It was having regulars who got savvy with what worked and what didn't and were still also like good laughers. So if it worked, you you knew you really got it. That was a great time. And like, I remember when you all started there, I was like, this kid's good. This kid, like thanks man. a lot of stage presence and like clearly, clearly wasn't uncomfortable speaking in front of people, which is to me like a big part of the battle is like having to cut, get over that for people can be the the big hindrance but you didn't have that immediately you didn't have that hindrance so that that i i noted at the time i i just man i just had so much fun and i i grew up in um had this at the advantage of growing up in church and working mm -hmm. in my dad's church and then i was also a youth pastor so i'd i would go up and and like speak you know mm -hmm. share a message at my church you know, a couple times a month and um, mm -hmm. I'd always kick it off with like some yeah, like a funny story or something just to kind of you know mm -hmm. draw people in mm -hmm. so I thought wait if I could just do those take those funny stories you know and Jesse Duplantis a compilation mm -hmm. you know every single mm -hmm. uh, for every single show I can you know I can string something together and the first couple times I remember you know you have that that confidence and you're just kind of like I'm too I'm gonna this is it yeah you tell the late show to call me and then <laughs> after that you know after the romance kind of wears off and you're like i'm going again and i'm gonna try yeah. the same joke that's been eating it <laughs> the past three weeks and i'm gonna figure it out yeah i'm a, i'm a glutton for punishment and here <laughs> i am again another good thing for comics is to be a glutton for punishment. yeah it's like when it's set doesn't go well and your instinct is I'll get them next time. You know, I'll have another chance with these jokes. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to work on them <laughs> and bring it back. Like that's the sort of instinct you need to have. But a lot of people, they, they like shrink up like, Oh, that didn't go well. Maybe I just shouldn't do this. Like then it's hard to stick at it. But when your instinct is like, okay, okay, that, that didn't go well. I'm going to try, I'm going to try that again and get it away. I guess it goes back to what I was saying earlier about that that crafting period of something and that that being so interesting and intoxicating that it hooks you and brings you in more to it and that the failure doesn't stop you from going into that stage like that that's i think a crucial part of this i've really i mean i i've i mean i've said it before already here but i've just really enjoyed it just this this yeah. whole thing is you know you start off wanting to do something and you and you don't know how and you don't know if you're going to be good and watching people around you who are good and then they kind of encourage you or you learn from them. Then all of a sudden, you know, a couple, you know, time has gone by. And so now we're reminiscing about starting mm -hmm. me starting off. And so I'm like, okay, I, although sometimes I feel like what a fruitless, it's been like a fruitless journey in some regard, but I'm like, oh, it has been good. Like I, I wasn't funny <laughs> for a little bit. And then I, I got a mildly funny and yeah. um, I've made a couple of coins, you know, being, being funny at mm -hmm. certain things. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been so much fun, man. I yeah. Talk to people and, this... and they're like, how, how, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm going to be in Ohio trying to make people laugh 
and for money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have been doing real well online with the sketches and then also like Deuterata memes, the Instagram account, and, and mm -hmm. I guess also Twitter. How did that come into the fold? Because you and PD have been killing it there. And just, I guess, also for people to know, they're, yeah. they're jokes that are sort of poking fun at not Christianity, but just sort of like Christian culture, maybe, yeah. or like some of the sort of stereotypes of Christian, Christian A lot culture. of, yeah, Western church culture, mm -hmm. um, which is what PD and I grew up in for a long time. Right. Our parents were, were ministers. And so we were very, even we attended the same church. I met him when he was like 11. Yeah. 10 or 11. And I was. Yeah. He started doing 18. He started going to the open mics at like, he was like in yeah. high school. I remember, I remember picking him up and we'd go. And we both just had this, like, a, just like a similar hunger for comedy. And, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. when we were at church, we, we would sit next to each other and it was almost like the kids in the back of the class type energy of, mm -hmm. you know, talking mm -hmm. about, you know, doing a little commentary here and there. Or did you mm -hmm. hear what so and so said? And we would always just go, hey, we should, we should make stuff together. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't make anything together for for years, but we would <laughs> yeah. just kind of meet together and I guess some would say collaborate, uh, mm -hmm. but we would essentially just like, or like it was somebody like develop, mm -hmm. but um, we would just like throw ideas around and, you know, just make each other laugh and get, get lunch or, or something and hang out. And then we started making stuff and, and to get like making videos. And there was already this, like this, this trust in terms of like, we knew each other. We kind of spoke each other's language. Mm -hmm. We had similar evangelical experiences to, to pull from. And we also had the, 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 the thought to go, okay, like the idea behind that idea or mm -hmm. what caused that, or I heard this and also we're just like the students, probably more, more so PD now. And another friend of ours who we write with Chase, are very more a little more internet savvy than me, the thirty-one-year-old <laughs> father of three. <laughs> but we just started making stuff, and and mm -hmm. because it was in the niche of Christian culture, PD had started this page, and I kind of helped him along for a little bit as well, called Deuteronomy's. And so <laughs> it's such a throw... great, such a great name, and, <laughs> really... and so well executed. And we just throw out these, you know, memes on there to see, okay, what what worked and mm -hmm. it was almost like a case study for comedy mm -hmm. going like yeah. oh, people laughed the people didn't laugh at that or that's a di dicey subject in evangelical culture so we almost like studied them oh interesting. under okay under a microscope for a yeah. few years and so together when i kind of dove into producing more videos like a lot more videos mm -hmm. pd and i were just able to kind of pull from our experience with deuteronomies and seeing how that did then seeing how other people in that space of meme accounts also did mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then going like, all right let's come up with some original ideas based on some things that we've kind of seen and read and heard and yeah i mean it's just you know it's just like resonated right people who i mean even if they don't go to church but they have they experienced sure. church for like a decade yeah. or a mm -hmm. little bit you know in their younger years are like i get, i remember that yeah i remember how that felt i remember seeing that a song like that. And so yeah. that's just been fun. It's really strong, fundamental comedy in that it's something that the jokes and Deuterato memes are things that anybody has witnessed, but maybe hasn't front of brain pointed out before. They haven't consciously right. mentioned it, but it's all something that they're aware of. And everyone also agrees that maybe it's like a silly thing, but you guys are finding it and finding the humor in it and presenting it well after making sure that it's just like a solid clear-cut joke yeah it's a real good example of like how to do comedy because of that because it's so clear-cut and also is like getting to the core so easily and it's been i mean i know for some people will ask me like hey my what do you want to make anything outside of the christian space and i'm like yeah i'm doing i i, I have and i do mm-hmm Mm -hmm. but they're you know it's, what do they tell you right what you know and i'm like right i just happen to know about going to church for three four like three Decade. four times a yeah. week <laughs> oh yeah I see. you know for year for yeah since for 31 years <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. and just being around the different types of people who are mm -hmm. also similar mm -hmm. wherever you go and so 
like Petey and I were just like, we just have so much fun kind of writing in that space. And like, hey, yeah. but you know, if something else opens up, we'll do it. And if we have an yeah. idea about, I don't know, golf, cars, or playing, I'm like, we'll do that. But thing in the meantime, like, I'm I'm in a church right now. My church like lets me oh, use a, like one of their one of their rooms here as like a studio. And so I'm like, I just oh, I just that. love it. We film here too. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you thread the needle too really well of you know people who are not Christian will get it and laugh. But people who are Christians aren't getting sensitive about it. It doesn't appear. It sounds like no. it's you know, a lot of your audience is the Christian community. And they're not yes. getting offended or upset about it because they see the truth in it and it's not mean-spirited the way it's coming out. No, but even the people who I I, I want to upset, they are they don't, they're not upset because they don't really get it. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then like sometimes I'm like, man, we it really get, get controversial. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we gotta, even I told PD, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta put these jokes on the ground sometimes for people to lap up. <laughs> because, you know, if if like a like a mega church pastor or like somebody on like a contemporary Christian music artist shares one of our videos. I'm like, you know, we're making fun of you. <laughs> we're, we're pointing out right? what you were doing so, and saying so it's like, not cool. Yeah. But you sharing it, you're almost like, I should be complimented, but I'm like, you're kind of watering it down. <laughs> you're making it sound like we're on the same team. We're not. <laughs> yeah. But, that's uh, the thing. Like some people who maybe don't know about it yet might hear us talking about it and think oh christian comedy but it's like no it's not like that kind of christian comedy yeah. where it's you know so puppy dogs and ice cream that right, it's right. like this is too vanilla no it's it's fighting it's like not like you know <laughs> it's fighting commentaries like like a christian like contemporary christian music when they sell tickets for worship nights you know stuff, <laughs> like a lot of stuff like that which is which is something that if you're in the Christian space, you encounter, you have probably paid $10 for a ticket to an arena to worship, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. all throughout the Bible, you know, you're like, oh, this is free. We're supposed to, we're, we're always supposed to be worshiping. Wait a second. Why did eight people with long hair from Australia trick us into, <laughs> trick us into buying tickets to an arena? Oh, and they're also doing this and like, 45 cities in america for the next right you know four months <laughs> you know that part is like okay guys all right i'm not i've been but i'm still gonna i'm still gonna clown it a little right bit. well there's is no dearth of material so i don't see this slowing down anytime yeah. soon is it going to be ramping up into anything else or are you guys going to stay the course keep it strong we we're trying to figure out the main thing now is just like yeah, just, it's just the production of it. Everybody's mm -hmm. just a little, little, a little more busier. Mm -hmm. As I, as am I. I mean, during COVID, like we just, we just had time. Like, let's meet up at the church. <laughs> right, right. Let's get lunch, eat in a car, and then let's <laughs> shoot something, and then I'd edit. But, but yeah, the goal is to still create stuff. I mean, we we have we have way too many ideas that uh, great. that just takes time, and we're just mm -hmm. having a blast. I mean, we'd love to. I, I'm love to flesh it out to make it like a like a sketch show yeah that'd be um, cool sadly the you know the when you make fun of christians and people in that culture you uh i don't know how keen they are on writing you a check yeah i hear you yeah <laughs> i've worked with tbn and i've worked with several other like christian uh it's been good we're, we're figuring it out like mm -hmm. we've had a blast we've we've had some some meetings that are have been better than others and uh -huh. More than anything, we're just we're just like we're like punk rock, and we're like, <laughs> we're gonna make, let's make fun of everybody. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's. Well, we're at the end of the episode. Let's let's create something together. I want people to get an idea, and also I want people to check out your work too. We didn't mention your your music videos, like your yeah your songs All... that have been funny. Like if if someone grew up on Veggie Tales, they they, they <laughs> yeah, I made it's a song like called funny Veggie Tales Remix. Yeah. <laughs> And you also have like a Chick Fil A, I have a Chick -Fil -A song, Chick -Fil -A. Sunday song yeah. that blew up. Like the check those things out. But I'm I'm really curious as to how you all break these jokes for Deuterata memes. Can we break one down? Figure out how you how you create those. Man, I mean, so it, it's really rooted in you know something in the the, the theater. <laughs> of a mm -hmm. Sunday morning service or something in church culture going awry. Uh-huh, uh, okay. 
So maybe we even uh, I should like, uh, bring up some examples of. So, Deuteronomy. for example, I mean, a lot of churches for a while is a big thing for them to do spontaneous baptisms. Yeah, I was just about to go there. I was just about to say <laughs> that's got to be rifers because the that's it's been exposed that a lot of places kind of fake those, you know, right. where it's like. Those are a bunch of volunteers walking forward. They're not actually go up and then right. but the whole even that in of itself, you're like, oh, wow. So what is supposed to be like this genuine, this spiritual ritual has been plagued by production, right? Like there's somebody like casting and he's got background talent and they're like, you know, hoarding them back, you know, herding them this way. Let's go. And then you're going to get baptized first. So something like that and going like, okay, what does that look like? <laughs> what does that look like with a, you know, a, like a two, two, four panel? Or what does yeah. that look like in a video? <laughs> we made it, I made a video about a guy who's like, who was just spontaneously baptized. He was like, I thought I was in line to go to the bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. I have no change of clothes. <laughs> like, like your day is kind of ruined, right? <laughs> if you're just drenched yeah. in a church on a Sunday morning. <laughs> uh-huh. I think also you guys could you you've gotten some traction with some of the Christianese, you know, <laughs> like the way people talk, like the way people will take something biblical and start using it to catchphrase, you know, right, like right. Uh, run the race set before me and stuff like like <laughs> yeah. so you find yeah. you find a connection there. And it's it's a logic that everyone who who does really strong meme comedy online yeah. uses like you're just you're pairing images or videos with the idea yeah but it really does come down to like how dialed in are you to the world because if someone's not very familiar with the bible or in, in bible biblical passages or christianese then it would be hard for them to come up with some of these and that's that's where the just the trial and error over the past almost like yeah, half a decade has been mainly because the internet is so fragmented, you know, mm -hmm. obviously there's like references that you can make that are understood like mm -hmm. the office and, you know, certain movies, Jurassic, you know, Jurassic park <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and other ones. But then there are other things where you're like, this is hilarious, but sadly people don't know about it. Or there's a, you know, a few stories in the Bible. You're like, has anybody heard about that? And then usually like, no, because then, you know, Nobody has, and so finding finding the the common ground uh -huh. to go. Okay, I won't make fun of this, but I want to pair it with this, and hopefully people have understood, have a reference for all of this mm -hmm. to really appreciate it. And you're pulling things from pop culture yeah. as well. Like there's one I found pretty funny that was a recent one that was scientists restructuring a 3D model of how they think Moses would have looked in the yeah. So the picture is like, that's Hulk Hogan. So yeah. did, was that the actual model or did you all? Like, it, was what? Not, it was not the actual model. That's, that's what I figured. But I think the people who are duped are the ones who don't know who Hulk Hogan is. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, or like, uh, it's very much like, I don't know how true this is, but I've, I've heard on the internet, people, somebody go, hey, my... My my grandma had a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi printed in like a frame next to a cross <laughs> in her house. And you're like, wait, so your mom, your grandma thought Obi-Wan Kenobi was Jesus <laughs> this whole time, you know? And so there is like, the, there there is a group of like, especially like of people who are like not internet or pop culture savvy that you can kind of dance. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's some cold-blooded ones out <laughs> out there. We we've just had a blast, man. The cra I mean, the fun part is I've been able to meet different people, people who I've made fun of before. Really? And so, and so it is clubbed into some Christian music award shows, and they're like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Like, we know you, and I'm like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> Do what you think they really did, or were they? They did. They did. Okay. They did. <laughs> And so that's, that's been cool. And, and just to know that, you know, we could, you want them to, you want them to see, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's changing anybody's mind, but, sure, uh, yeah. you know, it is cool that now, even when we write certain jokes, we're like, 
hey, there's a good chance that Stephen Curtis Chapman might see this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, all that's right, all right. Good Maybe, about him. Yeah. Let's let's dial it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I mean, it really it's so hilarious how it gets into the nitty gritty of like kind of the capitalism of how Christian culture is here in right. America. Yeah. So if you were like, I don't know, if you were to just like come up with, we were to try to come up with one now. Oh man. I'm trying to think of something recent that happened that I heard I, oh, about, but like, I just noticed, read that there's a famous televangelist in Texas mm -hmm. who owns <laughs> a, a real estate investment company as well. And so he's just partnered up with a bunch of investors and potentially going to like pull together like a, like a billion dollar worth of property into creating property in, in Texas. And I'm like, wait a second. Wow. Well, first of all, how did, how did this pastor, a lot happened between, Hey, I want to serve Jesus to now I own property. I am a, I am a real estate it, mogul. You know, like what happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you do to, to like find the humor in that? I mean, it'd probably be like something along the lines of like a, 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 a pastor landlord. I think okay. Like, yeah. You know, because in, in one regard, uh, in, in, you know, one column, there's the, you know, you got to help people in need. And I'm not saying that all power, every <laughs> Christian should have that duty. But uh, I think pastors are kind of held to a higher, higher standard there. Mm -hmm. And then in the other regard, it's kind of like, hey, man, give me my money. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so, when do you put the pastor hat on and the landlord and put the to take take that off and put the landlord hat on? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And it's such a so like the observations I feel like are the things that we when I mean, and we both have been at this for a long time, so we both have a lot of experience with we'll have the observation that's like, okay, that is where the joke is. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like trying to find the right wording. <laughs> that's right. And, and like the specific point. Because that is the right direction to go. It's like, okay, so should it? Should we do a twist on a biblical passage, like a a line from the Bible, but like do the make this make this yeah. Yeah. something a scummy <laughs> landlord would say? Like, where's the contradiction? Yeah, and that takes forever, so we may not be able to do that right now. <laughs> but but like, where would your first instinct be to go with uh, trying to do like a, a clear cut oh, joke? On I that? mean, maybe a video or something where it's a pastor who's more landlord than he is pastor or a landlord who is more of a pastor. Than he <laughs> okay, <is>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it's a sermon that he's giving and it's it's like a tithing. Yeah. You're sermon, like, wait but a he's really talking about paying. Give, rent. give render to so God like, what is his and render to Caesar's right, what is right. Caesar's and run to Pastor Smith. What is Pastor Smith's? You know who you are. Like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first of the month. I don't know. I mean, I just when it's something like that, do you try to say, like, maybe this could be a sketch or uh, I mean, yes. The, I mean, that's the dilemma with the Internet is you, you kind of have to find what bucket mm -hmm. you have to find a bucket for something. Right. Unless there's something from a movie of like or I mean, they're like songs, too. I mean, I guess you don't <laughs> want to do like Rihanna. You know, better have my money like because no. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to play that. I, I just watched I mean, Cat Williams Pimp Catpocalypse and he. <laughs> He does the big limousine with the uh, with the fur coat. <laughs> that was probably something along the lines of like yeah. when your when your pastor is also your landlord. <laughs> yeah, Wait, <Perfect>. what? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, the screen image, the screenshot of that. <laughs> Wait, my pastor. He's surrounded by these tall models, and he's also wearing a fur coat. <laughs> No, that's it. <laughs> there it is. Shama, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jason. Hey, I speak for the whole Greenville comedy community when I say this. We miss you and Justina. And, thank uh, you, thank you. Thank you so much for all the time that uh, I really, I didn't even think about it until we started. That you hosted the first improv workshop that I ever went to. <laughs> and so I owe you, I owe you thanks officially <laughs> for uh, for getting me started on this terrible comedy habit. <laughs>
So kind of him to say we miss him too. Please go to shamamarima.com and also follow him on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Shama for Reels. That's Reels with a Z. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes, on Instagram at Jason Far Picks, and on TikTok at Jason Far Talks. Also subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter. Go to There It Is Pod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 